0: Okay, what's up, Julia? I am here. Oh, that was pretty good for you. Um, Thank hitting you. Those, hitting the vocals. Um. Ooh, ooh. You, you, don't you hear? Like
1: I'm pretty sure I I openly sing my stupid songs to my dog.
0: Oh, don't you hear them? I try to tune them out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I okay. love it. But I do. I do intermittently hear something about Juki dogs and I don't know what that is Juki, <laughs> Juki, I call my dog uh, C-H-O-O-K,
1: Chook Oh, chooky. okay <laughs> Which, sometimes it feels like a racial slur and I feel bad about, but he's a little Juki Pookie, he's my Pooka Chuka.
0: Um, I thought it was uh, like Juking like dancing, I was like, is it Juki No, he's a,
1: pook- he's a Pooka, he's a Pooka my Chew, okay, he's a Chuka. my Poo
0: Uh-huh so you ready to get even weirder than this was?
1: Uh, You mean me singing songs about my dog to my dog? Yes, I mean, let's
0: go. I mean getting into episode six of Ted Lasso called Are you the telli- Signal. you
1: telling me the internet doesn't want to hear songs about my dog? Not send um, songs about my dog?
0: It might. You could start a podcast called Songs About My Dog.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, but I'd have to be a good singer or songwriter, and I'm not. They're just weird, atonal little ditties that I sing to my dog. <laughs>
0: Let's get into it. So uh, this episode, like I said, is episode six of season two. It's called The Signal. The Signal. And they open with um, one of my old favorites for the opening credits, Arctic Monkey's Dancing Shoes. Very Hmm. British and also takes me back quite a bit. Um, And it's really the perfect celebratory song for the first scene of this show where we see Richmond they're being pushed forward by Jamie and Danny in this case. And they're just like rock-socking some other team on the pitch. The boys are finally doing well. Um, and the sideline commentators say that the team is unrecognizable. What a turnaround for AFC Richmond. Uh, so we're starting out, you know, on a celebratory, jovial note. And we get a lot of information in this next bit when we see two sports pundits talking on TV. So we learn that Richmond is on game four of a winning streak. They've turned things around since adding Roy to the coaching staff. So the Roy-Kent effect is in full force. And this sets them up nicely for a quarterfinal match coming up on Saturday against Tottenham Hotspur. Hotspurs. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspurs. I don't know how to say these British names. Tottenham Hotspurs. Um which is a Premier League team that they're going to be playing. So, uh, for the quarterfinal. So this is really interesting. We're at some high stakes um, points. I don't the, know what
1: this is. The FA Cup. Don't know what guys. it is at all.
0: <laughs> well, they say it's a quarterfinal. So that's what I just take it like literally. Like it's on their way to something. Um, yeah, it's on their way to like the the like I don't know if they call them the champion. Well, no, not championship. Championship but, Cup. I don't know what it is. <laughs> It's probably not that, but you know it's on the way to the semifinal and then the final because that's how numbers work all right so yeah. <laughs> next it's Rebecca getting her hot girl somewhere on clearly having fun with her new post divorce freedom. A guy is in her house and he's making her a hot cup of morning after tea. oh yes, yeah. that's a very British thing to do.
1: he's he's a handsome man. I call him a young handsome thing in my
0: notes. Mm-hmm. Well, we find out that his name is Hunky Luca. <laughs> Luca. <laughs> On the app. Mm. And as you do... He is she- hunky. He's okay. He had a nice yeah. butt. He does have a nice
1: butt. And he does show it off in this episode.
0: Yeah, I like his style, you know, being uh not bashful about that. But um, I didn't like his face, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. All laughs> So, right. and as you do, she's playing the field, multitasking a bit. Mm-hmm. Because also... Uh, while luca's downstairs she's texting on banter with london 152 so i've never
1: been able to do this i've not i can't i i I, yeah
0: you can't multitask with with fellas i
1: can't do that with the guy it has to be one at a time i barely like other people can you imagine me trying to like two people Hmm. Um, we've we've been friends for years ashley and i barely like you oh and i know you feel the same that's why Mm -hmm. we're such good friends
0: that hurts my feelings it does not <laughs> it actually doesn't but um <laughs> but uh i think maybe that is why we're friends actually yeah because we're
1: just like straight up we're like yeah yeah yeah. we're fond of each other no shut up let's go <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah like whatever Now shut up I'm yeah right. shut, shut up yeah um so <laughs> so these uh i like this well i guess to go to address what you're saying um yeah, I used to have trouble with that, but I've I've gotten good at it. I think better. it's something that you have to practice.
1: Maybe it's just not me. I got just, good I, at it. I, when I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm not here to judge people who can do it. Like I think it's a skill. Like you're saying, it's just it's not it's not for me.
0: Yeah, I uh, I didn't used to find it fun, and then I think something shifted with me where hmm. I did find it fun, and 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 that doesn't really have to do with dating as much as it has to do with me. Okay, I can say that. <clears throat> cool. So I do like this energy on Rebecca, though. Keep your options open. Okay. I do. I like that. I do. And um, I don't know what they were talking about, but it seemed like they were having a cute like texting moment. You know, that part of the texting mm. game where you tell each other something weird about yourselves before you meet.
1: How long have they been texting? Because it seems like forever.
0: A while. They really build it up. Yeah. And so they they were talking about paranormal stuff. I could tell that. And oh,
1: guardian angels. They were talking about guardian angels. Yeah. There
0: we go. It was like Bigfoot and guardian angels and they both believe in in both of them. Um although I wouldn't t- have taken uh Rebecca for a believer in Bigfoot, so that kind of surprised me.
1: I would have think she would believe in Bigfoot before guardian angels.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Um so Rebecca yells down to the guy, Hunky Luca, that's downstairs. She's like, yo, are you in my kitchen naked? Put some clothes on because my cleaner's coming, right? Well, Also,
1: unsanitary.
0: Oh, being naked in a kitchen?
1: Yes. <laughs> it's where my food is cooked. Your dingle dangle doesn't need to get near my food mm. and where it's prepared.
0: Depends on what you're doing. I don't know how, how dirty can a human body be. I mean, it can be dirty. but I'm, Yeah, come on, think about that. I'm assuming that maybe he's not that dirty. Um, well, someone shows up, but it's not the maid. it's Rebecca's mom. And she finally left Rebecca's dad because he treats her poorly. And as Esther Perel says, it takes two to create a pattern, but only one to break it. And I'm like, Hallelujah, like spread the gospel, you know? <laughs> Mama Welton preaching the gospel, according to Esther Perel. So on to something a bit more cheery. Next is a great walk and talk scene of Ted coming into work. He's being aggressively chipper. Uh he is,
1: but he knows everyone. And we and we get and we get introduced. He knows like everyone. It shows you he knows everyone in the club. And we get um Liam the Laugher, laughing Liam from the previous episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we finally get to see Liam. I, I know it's the UK, but no I, no black family was going to name their child Liam. That's not how that works. But <laughs> But I did enjoy meeting him. I guess his laugh wasn't that bad. Um, it wasn't as bad as. Uh,
1: I thought it was very cheerful.
0: I imagined it would be some like big faced Tim Curry type person. And it wasn't I thought
1: bad. it. Well, no, it it does sound like Rebecca. Rebecca made it sound like mm-hmm. it does sound exactly like that.
0: But his face wasn't as big. It's the face more than the laugh that bothers mm. me. <laughs> his face wasn't like what they portrayed. So I was happy to see Liam, uh, mm. the actual Liam. Yeah, and it was very heartwarming that Ted does know everybody and they all love him. Well, within this, we're shown that Dr. Sharon is still angling to talk to Ted, right? She knows what's up. Dr.
1: Sharon knows what's up. She's got his number.
0: Yeah, so she's kind of still making her push. And she wants him to come see her in her office. And he's still blowing her off as he's been doing for all of season two. Mm-hmm. But she's clearly helping Colin. So we see a little exchange between Dr. Sharon and Colin where he's really getting something out of it. So we, we know through scenes like that that Dr. Sharon can help if Ted will just open up his mind a bit. Well, the next thing we see is in the manager's office. And we're with the guys, Beard, Nate, and Roy. And they're in there. And they all have, let's say, a less than Ted-level energy this morning. Uh, Ted comes in, still on his chipper shit. He's trying to delve into strategy for taking on this premier-level team on Saturday. And he wonders whether a championship-level team like them has ever won the whole thing. Are they talking about the World Cup? Like, what are they talking about here? I'm not... I don't know soccer enough.
1: Let me... We're gonna have to Google this. We're gonna have to Google this FA Cup. It must be some sort of... It's clearly interleague.
0: Oh, is it the FA Cup? Okay, Cup. so yeah, that's that's. It turns out that a championship level team has won the oh, whole thing. Apparently, eight times.
1: Wrexham is playing in it.
0: Oh, interesting. So that's happened eight times before, but not for forty years. Higgins joins them from outside the window, <laughs> between the manager's <laughs> office and. Uh, I love that. I
1: love that little bit. Poor, poor Higgins.
0: Yeah, he has a new makeshift office that's out in the hallway. He uh, he peeps his head in and he tells Ted, you know that that, that thing that you want to have happen hasn't happened for forty years. And then you know also we see here that Higgins is floating again because Roy, now that he's on the coaching staff, has taken Higgins' former spot and is sharing an office with Nate. So we're looking. You know, I'm looking around everybody. I'm like, what's Beard's deal? Because he kind of looks like down and and dejected. And the reason that he looks so blah and tired is that he just got back together with Jane. Okay. So we know that this isn't really a good thing. And the boys are all fake happy for him. They're like, oh, that's great. Like, "Uh." you know. Yeah. Just being really fake about it. But Higgins says what we're all thinking. And he flat out asks Beard, do you really think that's a good idea? See, here we have Higgins being the MVP again. Yeah.
1: Higgins is crushing it.
0: Yeah. For the office. Um, also, his gagging noise is back this episode.
1: Yeah. Because well, cause he can't stomach it.
0: Yeah, the disaster that is Beard and Jane is just stressing him out too much. Yeah. So that makes a recurrence. And he calls an emergency Diamond Dog meeting once Beard steps away in a panic because he has to return some calls that he missed from Jane. Uh, <laughs> she has him trained, you know. So in this emergency meeting, Ted tells us, look. I don't say anything or interfere in friends' relationships because, he says, really because you never should. And he gives them an example of how he once told a friend what he thought of his longtime girlfriend, who was kind of a pill. And he, after that, never gave a best man speech again.
1: <laughs> okay. That is legitimately funny, but also deeply stupid. Ted. Ted. <laughs> the time to tell him was, like, when he, when, your, when your dude friend was, like, saying, like, hey, I am thinking to proposing to my girlfriend and you should be like, all right, dude, like well, do what you got to do, do what you need to do. But like, none of your friends like this, this broad. And, uh, I think you should reconsider. You, you should do better. Uh, you can do better. Not at the, <sighs> this, this, I'm aggravated.
0: I would love to see somebody do that in real life. <laughs> I, uh, love, I mean, I would love to, to be, be at before. that
1: wedding. I'm, I, w- I wanna be at that wedding. I do wanna be at that wedding just yeah. for like the hot goss. But um yeah. That's not where you do that.
0: No, it's not. Um, but I've definitely wanted to do that before. Um but I don't I'm I'm on, you know, Ted and, and Nate's team with this. I don't interfere, period. Not unless somebody's Ooh. being like harmed.
1: Well I do. I, I have I have I would.
0: Not I'm a, I'm, romantic, a, I'm relationship
1: i'm 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 hardcore on on he bottom side here
0: um oh this is interesting i guess uh in this case would i do it i think i would say something to beard in this case but i do think that he's being harmed as well (laughs) and i think that he's being emotionally manipulated
1: well that's the thing this is like yeah i'm not gonna get involved no one is being harmed if i think it's all just stupid like if someone asks my opinion i'll give it but um Like if someone, if it's like a toxic relationship or if it's clearly making the other person miserable, yeah, I'm going to say something to my friend. They don't deserve that. They don't deserve that bullshit in their life. They deserve to be happy. Yeah. I would say something.
0: And sometimes you have to remind people, you know, that they do. Yeah, you have to remind
1: people of their, of their worth.
0: So, but you know, uh, Ted's basically like, your friends will kill the messenger. It's bad business to get up in somebody else's business. So Nate also doesn't believe in saying anything Because he doesn't want to be like his dad Who ruined the relationship between Nate And his first love in fourth grade I thought that was really cute Um, Mm. So Nate's dad has been an albatross Around his neck for a long time Okay. (laughs) Yes Uh, When Beard comes back He tells the guys that Jane is moving in With him Oh boy Um, This can't be good and later in the episode, we see just how toxic the relationship is between Jane and Beard. It's really bad because she clearly like that call. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, the call with the we're going to get to, yeah. to that later. But even before we get to that, there's like talks of or, or was this the one you were talking about? There, There's talks of like throwing themselves off of cliffs. And Jane, uh, she just volunteers out of nowhere that she's going to meet up with an underwear model for lunch
1: that one it's the it's the um it's the that one yeah it's it's yeah. like she just calls him for like no good reason just to call him and then be like hey i'm meeting with my friend finn who's an underwear model which yeah, is and, like
0: dude and they're gonna go through pictures from his last shoot uh, you know and she's clearly being manipulative here because she already talked to him today already right like she calls him for no reason other than to do this shit and it's emotionally manipulative. It's gaslighting. It's like... She's a fuck girl. Like, she's a fuck girl. She's the person that, like... Uh, you know how they... Like, on uh, the men's rights, whatever's on the internet. Try to teach Oh, yeah. She's
1: like... Yeah, she...
0: How like, to nag women. She's doing that to Beard.
1: Yeah, that's what she's doing. That's like... She is...
0: uh And what's cold about all of this is that... The, the acting is so good. Um... From, from, uh, what's his name? Brendan? Beard. But the actor that plays Beard. It's so Mm -hmm. good from him because you can see that he knows he's being sucked into something that's unhealthy. But he just keeps going. He keeps digging, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, in this scenario, Higgins is right. You need to say something.
0: So, at practice, we see Roy Kent in action. The Kent effect in action Mm -hmm. and he's really good at um giving great personalized advice to players yes with the exception of jamie tart who he gives nothing to he like gives him zero
1: (laughs) okay so this is okay so i have extensive notes about this scene extensive so i'm gonna go into it so i think roy is giving great advice um and i think roy can give excellent advice on how to play and how to play as a team Whereas, because you see Nate get a little jealous in the background, whereas I think what Nate is excellent at is as a strategist. And, like, that's why you're seeing them play better right now is because Nate can put the strategy together, but, like, but, like, you know, Roy can get the players to get out of his head, out of their heads and kind of, like, work on it. Um, I like that Jamie asks Roy for coaching and... And and what was it? And then Ted reminds me, he has to do the whole team. He has to coach the whole team. And because Roy is so fucking stone cold, he goes, no, that's fine. Take 4% off my paycheck. <laughs> I love it.
0: You know how I feel about Roy. That was like cold. That was stone cold. And I loved it. Yeah, he's great with the one-liners. Um, yeah. You skipped ahead. We're going to get to that section and, and oh. we're going to talk about like what happens between them. Yeah. But yeah, I did love that. I really did. Um, uh, <laughs> Roy being like, I don't care. Just take it out of my, take it out my she's like He's like,
1: I'm not going to do it. He's like, whatever.
0: So the next thing we see is that um, Rebecca, the, the, t- the team's out on the pitch, and Rebecca gets Ted's attention in a very unique way. So she's all, Ted, Ted, <laughs> uh, do you have lunch plans? And she wants him to come to lunch with uh, her and her mom. And I love two things here, in addition to Rebecca's window yelling, which is beloved by uh, fans and Hannah Waddingham alike. um, It's kind of become like a trademark thing. So, one, uh, Rebecca's mom is on her lemonade shit. Like, she's gotten rid of her trash man. And uh, she says she's a work in progress. When life gives you lemons, make lemon lavender mojitos. Uh, (laughs) I... I love that. That's right up my alley. Oh,
1: really? Oh, I think this is another point of contention. It's going to be another bit of a point of contention for us. With Rebecca's mom. Oh, I think she's... A, a, I think she's... Oh, what's, what's the word for it? I think she's just... She's a weak woman. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. I don't have... I don't have the patience for these kind of people. I just don't. I know maybe I should be kinder.
0: So to really to get more
1: specific, what do you mean? She's one of those people that you think is going to change, like because Rebecca, I think, has an accurate view of her. She she does this thing, and she's like, and Rebecca's like clearly kind of like cajoling her, or like or like, um, humoring her a little bit, and like you know she's she, she's making this that whole speech about like it takes two people to. To um, make a pattern, but only wanted to break it—that kind of thing—or what? It, what? It, what was it?
0: Yeah, it's great. That's exactly right. And she's she's quoting a, a relationship guru there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which has impact later in the show.
1: Mm. But like, she's just—you don't like her. No, because there's no there there. She's not a woman of substance. Oh, I don't like. And and I have a very 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 hard time with the fact that this would be very much so jumping ahead. But um, at the end where Rebecca goes is like when they're at lunch and Rebecca's like they're like Ted and uh, Keely are kind of hanging on her everywhere then her mom leaves for a second to go talk to her psychic. Mm. Which uh, anyway then she she's like tells a story about how like we know when her dad when she first left her dad at the first time in uni like he came to stay with her he was gonna leave her blah 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 and I supported her and then she eventually went back to him, and then she didn't talk to me for nine months. That's unconscionable. Yeah. I don't think she's like supposed you, to she be
0: sh- a likable person.
1: She's not. And I I, I just don't – like, she's – she's not a woman of substance. No, not at all. And, and like, in the same way – like, and I think and, – and I actually think, the one, the acting he's here and the, the writing here is quite good, because – superficially she and keely would seem to have a lot in common um but keely's a woman of substance you know she's she's multi-layered she's multi-dimensional but like uh her mom deborah is clearly one of those women that defines herself by her relationship to men specifically her husband
0: As, and, and i that's have right yeah i didn't I even have, note that her name was deborah like i just kind of gloss oh over you were woman. just like you're
1: <laughs> just like oh this flipperty Jim. like she just yeah yeah. So she just like like I'm not saying I'm not saying that men are not capable of that that this kind of stuff as well. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that societally women are trained to be this person to a certain extent. Um, and I have very low tolerance for these people. Mm. I have sympathy to a certain extent, but low tolerance.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't even know that I contemplate people like this very much. I just kind of look at them and go like, oh, baby, that's who you are. And all right. You know, kind of like Rebecca, how she's like, they're going to get back together in a couple of weeks or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, I just, I, they just, they set, set my teeth on edge. I yeah. can't stand it. I, I can't stand anyone, anyone who defines themselves in relation to another person, be it male or female. And I think, unfortunately, you tend to
0: see it more in women than you do in men. mm um, so the second thing that I loved in this like first little clip when we when we uh, meet or when Rebecca asked Ted out for lunch is um, Ted's comment about how he loves meeting people's moms because it's like getting a, a, an instruction manual as to why they're nuts. <laughs> yeah, I and have that in my notes. I love I th- that. I think that is so true. And it totally tracks w- with Rebecca, one, because, you know, we had this question early on with Rebecca of like, how could a woman like this fall susceptible to Rupert? Well, we now see her mom, right? Um, also, yes. It tracks with Beard. Because Beard, um, after Ted says that, says, Ted asks him actually, so how's Mrs. Beard doing? And Beard goes, full-blown, f- <laughs> full-blown QAnon. QAnon, yeah. Uh, and so his mom has QAnon-itis, right? Uh, and I'm like, this tracks. The whole thing about moms being the instruction manuals. Well, apparently Beard's mom raised him to get sucked into weird, unhealthy shit, where someone else is trying to brainwash you and control you. So, seeing him interact with Jane, I truly worry that he could be a person that's susceptible to um, joining a cult someday.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good catch.
0: Yeah, like, uh, so the, the instruction manual thing is is they were on point on point with that.
1: Yeah, that's um, a good catch with Beard. I didn't I didn't quite put it together. I like it was like swirling in my mind a little bit, but I didn't. I didn't,
0: you know, connect all the dots. Yeah. So Ted gets a call on his phone and it's from, it seems to be from Henry's school. We don't hear the other side of it, but uh, from what we hear from Ted, Henry forgot his lunch and the school called him about it. He explains to them that he's in London for work, hell of a commute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But he he says, I'm going to call my wife or I mean, Henry's mom, (laughs) right? So Ted still is having trouble adjusting to the new reality that he is in fact divorced. Well, the crisis is averted because the school tells him over the phone that Michelle just pulled up with the boys lunch. Mm-hmm. So Henry's all right. Um, But a little awkward moment there for Ted Lasso being in London and yeah, far away a, from his babies. His it's, baby. A, a,
1: it's a really good, I think, moment of like, like you can see it just like that he can't help even in this little way, this little inconsequential way really um, hurts Ted.
0: It gets to him. As it would with parents, I would assume. I don't know personally, but I would assume.
1: I would, yeah, that's yeah, not being able to be there.
0: So Jamie comes in after this, and he insists that they help him get Roy to start coaching him. And he doesn't have any pants on. He doesn't have any pants. He's just like. And the (laughs) spies are out, and I'm telling you, all right. (laughs) <laughs> oh, is he doing squats? What is he doing? Because those are—I need a regimen, okay? Because I need to get my that's a lot of running.
1: Up. That's really—that's a lot of running. Yeah, and, it's um, power running. Yeah.
0: Chase that ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looks great. Um, <laughs> but uh, the team says, and and, and I agree with this—the gang rather—that's there. Um, Ted, Beard, Nate, and Keely, that they can't really do anything about it, right? Because Jamie and Roy have a long history that's sorted. And it's between them and they need to work it out.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like it's there's hurt on both sides there. Like it's Jamie Tart, before he kind of came into, you know, the Ted Lasso team, was a proper asshole. He was just the worst. And so yeah. I can understand why, you know, um Roy, who is not a forgiving
0: person, would be slow to forgive him. Yeah, but Keeley does suggest, however, that one way to soften Roy up is to just agree with him. So, and Jamie does try that later. It takes the angry wind out of his brat sails, as she says it. Yeah. Be- <laughs> before we see that, we get like a little quick clip of Ted, Keeley, Rebecca, and Rebecca's mom at lunch. And she's telling them an enthralling story about leaving Rebecca's dad. And as you mentioned, Ted and Keeley are just super wrapped up in it. And Rebecca's like, please, you know, forget every word that she said because they do this every couple of years and then they get back together. So, you know, we see what's up with Rebecca's mom a little bit. She's on a journey, but who knows if that journey's going to stick, right? So, following up with the Roy and Jamie storyline. Wait, line... can we quick pause? While we are at the pub, we do
1: see the Soggy Bottom dance from May. And I did enjoy that dance. I'm just going to put that out there. It was a nice dance.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I I did I didn't clock that so I'm oh yeah fun. the soggy they're talking
1: about how her cake had a soggy bottom and like and she's getting into it with the boys and she's you know she turns around and she's like shaking her tush it's great, it's great. oh because they're it's watching Bake Off yeah they're watching yeah the Great British Bake Off
0: yeah so following up on the Jamie and Roy storyline Jamie finds Roy in the soccer club and tries to talk to Roy about why he's refusing to coach him. And he tries to just agree with him advice from Keeley. So here's what happens between the boys. Roy calls Jamie a conformist player. Uh, mm-hmm. He calls him ugly. He attacks his hair. An- uh, ugly, not- ugly boy with bad hair. <laughs> and he make- None he of which makes- is true. And he- by the I way. mean, Jamie's
1: hair is not great. Oh, I love it's Jamie's fine. hair. Oh,
0: it's fine. I love his hair and I love the little headband number that he does. I do like the headband. I, I love when soccer players do the headbands. It's so cute to me. And um, I
1: wish he would have a soft headband. I feel like that would be better.
0: Maybe. Uh, But Roy's being like an ass, right? He's just milking the moment because he knows what Jamie's doing, you know, and he's just sticking Jamie where it hurts. Like, I know that you're a pretty boy. You care about your looks. You care about your hair. I'm just going to like shit on you to your face. So really brutal stuff. And
1: ugly, and then he makes he makes he makes him repeat it, and he says it in that funny accent, that Manchester accent.
0: Ugly, ugly boy. <laughs> Poor Jamie. Sorry, I really liked it. And Jamie is, uh, you know, my phrase for Jamie is that he's trying his best. He really is trying his best because he, he humbles himself in front of this man that he hates. Okay, so he, wow, he
1: is like <laughs> like he is, but like. Part of making amends is the risk that your apology will not be accepted. That's just, sometimes Uh, you've hurt someone so bad that they won't accept it. Now, I'm not saying that's this case here. Roy is just being an asshole.
0: Yeah. So they get into a fight, because that's how, like, brutal this uh, back and forth is between them. Yeah. And they walk back to the manager's office, and, you know, there's yelling, there's pushing, there's shoving, everything. And Ted comes out to break them up, and he points out that Jamie's actually being the mature one in this situation.
1: I think that's what finally gets Roy to cave.
0: Yeah. So Roy pipes up with what's really going on. And he says um, that Ted's lessons to Jamie about passing and being a team player has made Jamie average. And they need him to score goals. He's an ace. That's what he's there to do and Jamie's delighted like <laughs> so he says does this mean i can go back to being a prick and well roy tells him yes but only sometimes when it's appropriate so finding this balance for Jamie um b- between what Ted's taught and what Roy's uh, about to teach him is really cool and interesting to me and Jamie and Ted wonder like how will they know how will Jamie know when it's appropriate and Roy says it'll give him a signal the, the title of this episode so another thing that I loved here the reaction from Ted the way that he uh reacts to being schooled by Roy he acts as if he's just as confounded by Roy's analysis as Jamie is I thought it was very funny the way that he played it but um it's also I think
1: he kind of is just as I think he is just as confounded because I think
0: yeah well I mean the way that Sedakis played it
1: yeah but, well acted. I think he- to, well, to be honest, I think he he is like that's. Oh, oh you're just saying that's, that's what very I'm saying. Good. Yeah. OK. Good. It was a
0: way that the, the, the play on that from Sadakis was great. Yeah.
1: Because
0: I think because Ted doesn't know is. that stuff. Yeah. It, well, it was also very effective, like the thing that um, that Sudeikis does and in, in kind of being like, oh, shit. Oh, snap. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, that's that's smart. It was effective to demonstrate um, how much of a talent Roy has for coaching. So he yeah. has a serious talent for it that comes from his years of experience playing, which is something that Ted doesn't have.
1: Well, also, you need to remember that the reason Te- uh, Roy and, and Jamie don't get along is because they're the same person. Like, that used to be Roy. Roy can speak from experience here.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point. Later the next day, we see Rebecca at home managing her rotation. right? So she's in the messages <laughs> with Luca... And um, uh, the one that she hooked up with uh, the night before, she's also chatting with London 152 over on Banter. And London 152 says something so sweet. He says, and it would totally work on me. I love shit like this. He's like, thank you for being the best part of my day. It's you and breakfast tied neck and neck. Oh, so cute. And um, yeah, I think I start to fall in love a little bit. So, And that's before I even know who it is. So... <laughs> And we see that Rebecca is clearly intrigued, and she asks him to reveal who he is, and he doesn't respond. The last thing we see in the scene is Rebecca's mom coming in to tell Rebecca that she wants to chat with her later. So, you know, some kind of serious chat, and we know that that's coming down the pike.
1: She calls Rebecca Sausage. That's all I had to add. Her (laughs) nickname for Rebecca is Sausage. Rebecca has some pretty brutal nicknames from sassy smurf it's it's stinky and from her mom it's sausage
0: yeah i think it's cute like a little sausage Uh, is it yeah it's not a good thing to call somebody i i could imagine like as a as a mom you have like a a little kid and it just sticks you know because they're like little sausages you want to eat them and it just sticks when they grow up (laughs) so over to the the quarterfinal right it's game day and it's a tough nil to nil match at first with both teams fighting hard on offense and defense and Richmond is looking for a way to break through Like right? they can't really break through and score any goals ted and roy reckon it's time to give jamie the signal yep. which is it ends up being flipping him the bird which is such a uh, roy thing to do which is so
1: roy it's yeah. so roy and i love the slow realization on jamie's face too like at first he's like as again it's an excellent bit of acting where he's kind of like pissed off and a little confused like why are you flipping me off and then it like it's like oh <laughs> yeah yeah
0: okay, he's like must... yeah i gotta be a jerk this must be it yeah um so telling someone fuck you as a signal is like that's not even a signal roy that's just what you do all the time <laughs> um, yeah but it works but for it's... both of them so well yeah it's also clear enough you know that it's something that our Beautiful and talented, though simple-minded ace, (laughs) Jamie Tark. He can't miss it. He is simple-minded. He is simple-minded. So, you know, it works. Ted is so adorable in this scene. Um, And I don't know if you noticed this, but he does flip Jamie off, right, with the rest of the coaches. But he also gives him a thumbs up with his other hand because he just can't help it he can't help himself but to be nice it pains him to flip this man off because he's like but no my my sweet little my sweet young boy who i'm trying to help i i I like you i still like you
1: (laughs) so okay this is okay okay okay
0: okay. another good acting choice from it
1: is because i think in this one it becomes clear and the reason why he's so caught up on maybe we'll discuss this a little later in our superlative section that um jamie he's taking jamie to be a bit of a surrogate son
0: yeah i'm gonna get to it in the the oh
1: okay good 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 okay cool cool cool. because i just realized because you remember how i said we should discuss themes and blah 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 and stuff like that and then i told you i was gonna be bad at it Mm -hmm. this is like the third time i've seen this episode and it hit me this time
0: just now yeah
1: yes yes it did (laughs) i am
0: bad at stuff like this Uh, I just thought that that choice was very consistent with how Ted would actually feel if Ted Lasso were a real person. And the signal, um, really does unleash the prick energy from Jamie that we need. Like he brings it. So he talks shit to some guy, uh, you know, he, he does some cool, fancy footwork shit. He gets past this guy and then the guy with the ball and then the guy catches up with him and fouls him or whatever it's called in soccer. I don't know what that's called, but he gets a yellow card.
1: No, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, you're going to get a penalty against me. Yeah, it's a foul. But I don't, I'd have to look back. You are allowed to tackle in soccer and you're supposed to do a sliding tackle. Like, like this guy did. He might have done it from behind, which is why he got the foul called. Cause you, you are, as long as like the person, the player has the ball, you're allowed to tackle them. The player has to be able to see it coming.
0: I'm, mm. um, I don't know, but I would, I'm just going to guess based on what you said that that's probably it. So Jamie, Jamie has an opportunity to do like a penalty kick thing here. And he scores from way fucking back on the field, making the first goal of the game. And I was like, Jamie, and the Jamie, the yeah. pub goes wild and everything. Yeah. And so in the stands, Higgins and Rebecca chat about Higgins' little dilemma about the Beard and Jane thing. He wants to mm-hmm. say something. And Rebecca, like everybody else, advises him not to interfere. Uh, she says that she once congratulated her mom back in college when she, her mom left her dad. And two weeks later, they were back together. And her mom didn't talk to her for nine months.
1: Yeah, uh, bad
0: mothering. Well, I think her mom's a bit of a squirrel brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, Keely comes in and she confirms for us that Jane is, in fact, crazy deranged. Okay. Uh, yeah. she's like a stalker. Keely says Jane once followed her all the way home to ask whether Beard is shagging Ted. One, that's the dumbest question you could ever I mean, girl, it's I hilarious. Mean, <laughs> but it's not that's not. If happening. they
1: were, if they were, it would be an open relationship and like Ted would be like cheering you guys on.
0: Ted wouldn't be cheering Jane on.
1: No, um, but um, like Ted cute. like Ted would have, like talk to her about it if that's what was happening
0: ted mm. loves to talk oh i kind of imagine i would love to imagine ted being like the messy side it's <laughs> like sabotaging from the sidelines i would love that um uh, all right so, funny. i do like jane's imagination because i wouldn't turn away you know if i saw some uh beard and ted action but mm. calm down jane yeah, okay. she's crazy. You're she's crazy, making out of up hands. crazy things out of nowhere. Yeah. So anyway, before we leave this scene, I just want to shout out uh, Rebecca's white, smooth criminal hat—the little fedora that was very Oof. smart looking. I loved it. I
1: don't know how I felt
0: about that look. It was cute. Um, <laughs> next up, uh, as the football match is winding up, there's ten minutes left to go. Richmond could pull off an upset here. Okay, but they need to hold their nerve against the other team, the Spurs, who are also putting up a fight. Hot
1: Spurs. Tottenham Hot Spurs. Come mm. on.
0: Hot Spurs. That's, that sounds very Western. You know, sometimes uh, UK people can be, like, unexpectedly Western, mm-hmm. um, like, like uh, American Western, like country Western, so interesting. A lot
1: of people, a lot of Europeans have a weird love affair with the American West. Just like the Americans do.
0: Yeah, they do. They they love uh, Western music and country music and shit. It's weird. Um, yeah. So we see... this is This is the kicker, okay? This is like the thing that we were saying about Ted and how he sees Jamie. The next thing that we see is interspersing shots of Ted starting to have a panic attack. So I'm feeling bad and concerned for my boy here. But the show does something really nicely here. So it's these shots of him looking at fans going crazy in the crowd you know sensing all this pressure jamie they show shots of jamie tart out on the pitch get, getting into the shit mixing it up you know he's in his full prick mode he's uh got arms flying up at people you know kind of getting really getting into it yep. and then within the 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 within these kind of rotating shots these interspersing shots there's a voiceover that plays in ted's head that involves things that he's heard a couple people say in reference to jamie tart and one of them i believe was a clip of jamie's dad yelling at him i think that was jamie's dad going you're better than that and i think it was from the fight that they were having after the uh end of the season one match when jamie passes instead of takes the takes the shot to, to uh, kick the goal himself uh, anyway so it's kind of a head scratcher like why they set this up this way but I really do think like you said before Julia that we're supposed to key in on Ted watching Jamie watching the pressure that's put upon Jamie and feeling sympathy and protective over him and then relating that back to where he is with his own son right now, which is away from him and not being there to support and protect him like he wasn't there to fix the lunch situation from earlier today. It's not like 100%, but it's enough to give the audience a story about what might be spiking Ted's panic right now.
1: Well, so I think he's kind of taken Jamie under his wing yeah, As a surrogate son, which is fine. Um, but I think he also acutely feels, especially when he couldn't bring the lunch to his own son, that he has become, he doesn't want to be Jamie Tart's father. Yeah. Absent or cruel. he I think he feels extreme guilt for kind of swapping them out. Does that make sense? Or that's what he feels. That's not what he's doing, but that's what he feels like he's
0: doing that's what he's worried about for sure ted runs away like he makes up an excuse about his stomach but he needs to get out of there because the panic attack is coming on and you don't want that to happen in front of everybody and um everybody's like oh maybe he has the trots or something like they you know they don't know what's going on i think with them. he's
1: at a bad fish pie and i <laughs> like that they there's a little exchange between the the what do you call them the guys the commenters there's like is there ever a good fish pie? <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, that sounds gross. Um, <laughs> it's a very British. Uh, yeah, like, why would you eat, eat that? Eat. Like, what is
1: British people? You need to get your shit together, food-wise. Um, I friends. once saw
0: a thing that they would eat. There was a period of time uh, where uh, in the UK they would eat eel pies because yeah. there was a, um abundant supply of eel from um, the Thames. But there was, like, a food shortage. Maybe it was during wartime. I can't remember. But um, that was a horrifying story for me to learn from the History Channel when I was watching that. <laughs> yeah,
1: they 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 used, re- they used to see them all the time. I only know that from video games. Mm.
0: But, you know, with Ted freaking out the way that he did, Rebecca clocks what's going on because she has seen this before. Yeah, she and, knows what's up. Yeah. And while Richmond is in disarray, the Spurs score a goal. Score.
1: Which I don't so, understand why Ted running off causes them to go in disarray.
0: I had a question about that, too. What I think is that we see the coaches be distracted by Ted. So I'm going to assume that maybe the players were as well.
1: Maybe, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't, like, when you're in the game, like, your concentration is generally on the field. Not necessarily, like...
0: yeah, Not on the sidelines.
1: Okay. Not on the sidelines. So, like, mm-hmm. I could... And like if my coach ran off, I might my, my like I would I might call for a timeout.
0: The other thing that it could have been was uh, just the commentators using it as a kind of colorful um, um way to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they, like- they're poking at Richmond basically is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Um, it's now a one to one game, right because the Spurs have just scored this goal and reach Richmond needs another quick goal. And so Roy and Beard haggle about what to do next. They think that the team needs to show aggression and score and, like, make up the fact that it's now tied. Uh, But after a few seconds of continued confusion, Nate does his weird spick thing. Like, he he spits on the ground. He does the
1: spit again. I hate it.
0: Yeah, to psych himself up. Oh, God, I hate it. And he steps forward. Uh, The spitting was weird, but what he does here was really brilliant he pulls three starters off the field danny Collin, and richard and he subs in three of the the second team players who must have been stronger on defense and he tells them to run one of the plays park Park the the bus bus. so in the last scenes of the episode and they don't they don't show us visually how park the bus works but we hear it so we hear the announcers describing a voiceover that park the bus actually works. It buys Jamie Tart enough time and and space to actually score a goal and win the game. So it ends up being a 2-1 game. But while we're hearing this, what we see in front of us is Rebecca going to look for Ted. And we see that um, in the club, he's come out of his jacket and thrown it on the ground and has seemingly fled the area, like she can't find him so that was really concerning and it's so ted lasso is so typical of this show to give you this great moment and then kind of mire you in this like worry about the characters and what's happening with them and you
1: know they don't let us be happy um yeah i would i i get that she kind of gets distracted but i like i don't know i would like try to really try to find him
0: yeah that is worrying she, she tried, yeah, and she just, she couldn't. I mean, it gets to the end of the night, and she couldn't find him. Well,
1: like, if you him. ran off, if you ran off for some reason,
0: and, like, I find your coat. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but she she tries, we don't, and then just the night progresses. You know, we don't know kind of what happens from there other than the fact that she doesn't find him. But we do see that Nate gets a well-deserved moment of glory and talking to a reporter, about how he came up with the, the winning strategy to amp up defense when it seemed like all focus should have been on scoring. And so I love this moment for Nate initially. He gets his own little kudos there. He gets a, you know, an interview where he gets to talk on TV, even though he's an assistant coach uh, because Ted is missing. But while he's in the spotlight, his moment is sullied when the reporter innocently corrects a colloquial phrase that Nate says incorrectly. So Nate refers to himself as a wonder kid instead of using the German word wunderkind. right? I mean, it's the same thing. It's thank you. It is the same. Translated, wunderkind means wonder kid. It means young prodigy person, which is what Nate is because he's an assistant coach that just won them a quarterfinal. Yeah, but he's not really a He's young in his career.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. He just got this job. He's an assistant. Doesn't even really have a big title. And he just won something really huge. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like looking at this reporter. And you can tell the reporter, again, does not mean it. He doesn't mean it to be an ass. It might just be a tick that this reporter has to correct people. Like, you're one of those people that are overly correcting all the time. I think, no, I think
1: it's just, yeah, I just, Nate can never score a clean win.
0: Because, well, this this is where I was going. A well-adjusted person that doesn't have confidence issues, that doesn't hurt him. And and yeah. would know how to recover from that. He would just go, ah, oh, you know what I mean. And he moves on yeah. with his life. For Nate, it takes away the glory and the shine of this huge win that he just had. So really impactful moment. The next thing we see is that Higgins finally is talking to Beard about Jane. And he just points out that Jane's not good for him. And Beard hugs him and says, I hear you. I get it. Oh, God. But do you get it, Beard? Because three seconds later, Jane shows up. Yeah, but you see something kind of pass
1: across his face, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, he does get it. We, we've we seen from Beard the whole time that he knows something is off. But it's almost like he can't help himself. Yeah. Jane just shows up and she just behaves like the fuck girl that she is. God, it, she's the worst. it was just so gross. It was really gross. i won't go into the details of it but it was horrible and he needs to get away from her so rebecca still looking for ted calls him from the car to try to check on him but he doesn't answer she gets the voicemail by the time that she gets home you know remember she's supposed to have this conversation with her mom
1: yeah and she's looking i think and i think she actually i think i think this the call the message that Rebecca Leaves for Ted shows how much she understands Ted because Ted likes to help people. So she calls him and it is like, it's like, it's clear, like we can see her face. It's clear she's worried for him, right? But she's playing it as, oh, I really need your help. I think it's just a very sweet moment to show that these two characters really understand each other and what the others and what, what he, what they need. Does that make sense? I just think it's just a very sweet little bit of character work, I guess, here.
0: Oh, that is sweet. So she's calling him and leaving the message. She says, like, oh, I, you know, I have this talk coming up with my mom, and it's a really hard thing. So you're thinking that she's trying to use that to lure Ted, like, back? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah.
1: it, it, like, I, I think if she said, like, hey, give me a call back. I'm really worried about you. I can't find you after the game. Is everything okay? Like, that would that might said, you know, you know how anxiety works. It can send you even further into the spiral. Whereas if she can say to him, like, oh, Ted, I really need your help right now. Um, Like, I have this conversation I have to have with my mom. Please call me back so we can have a chat before about it.
0: I like that. I didn't pick that up, but I think that's a nice little thought. Yeah. So when she gets home, her mom is gone.
1: Yeah. And
0: as Rebecca predicted, she forgave her father. It turns out her mom got a Tesla out of the whole thing. So I don't know. Maybe she's smarter than I think. (laughs) So... And then from there, Rebecca's like, okay, so I got a free night. Let me get on the apps, right? So she looks, on, she looks on banter and still no response from London 152. But she calls a uh, hunky Luca, you know, instead, since she didn't get a response there on banter. And right after she puts the phone down and walks away, a message from London 152 pops up saying, crazy day at work but I can't stop thinking about you. Maybe we should meet. And oh my fucking God. The next thing that we see, I just, I could not believe. I couldn't believe it, Julia. I could not believe it. It was Colin (laughs) rapping Jumpman in his Welsh accent. (laughs) And he knows the lyrics and everything. It was crazy. He does. I I think you. (laughs) It was absolutely crazy. Um, (laughs) No, but uh, the shocking thing was that it was Sam that was texting Rebecca this whole time. Sam is the banter dude, London 152. Uh And this is where I get to reveal my identity as being a sham and Rebecca shipper. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I love this shit, like, let's go, I'm ready. They haven't gotten to my favorite moment yet, which is still coming up, which was the moment that convinced me about them. Um, But now on the second watch, because um, like I said initially I was not into the relationship and uh, they had to work on me and I just loved this moment it was so cute seeing Sam in the back of that car being excited to send her this message and then like getting his face broken a little bit when um she doesn't reply back right away so they're playing a little bit of a waiting game and a little bit of a dance with each other here how did you feel about this this, this big reveal <sighs>
1: I think you know my feelings on this. I don't we, we I think we've talked around this. We'll get further into this. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
0: You're not a you're not a Sam or Rebecca person.
1: I'm really not. Um I think uh for the not not that I don't mind them as sorry, the dog came in. Um I I don't mind them as a couple, I don't have an issue with it. I have The big thing I have with them, and I think they are, I hate to say ultimately doomed as a couple, because it sounds, like, sinister, is that they're very much so in different parts of their lives. And, uh, like, I know you can have, like, the May-December relationships, I know, but, like, it's not really May-December, it's, like, more like May-August. Anyway, but you can have that kind of... Relationship, but I, it just it doesn't work, for
0: it just doesn't. But what did you think about the reveal moment, though?
1: Uh like, it were was you shocked,
0: fine. Or were you? No,
1: no. I mean, I think the first time I saw it, I was yeah. But I, I was immediately kind of like, oh, I don't like this.
0: Hmm. Well, I love it. and I know you do. I yeah. know you do. Oh, um, god, I love it for so many reasons. So, lastly. Because the Happy Football Mustache Man show can never actually let us be happy. They take us high, and then they just drop us. They do a death drop. They drop us to the pits of hell. The very last snippet that we see is Ted Lasso in a fetal position on Dr. Sharon's couch. And it's it's dark in there because it's night, and the light is a... just enough to light up his face and we see that he looks scared he looks alone there are tears in his eyes and it's so bad that finally our boy has just he's gone through it so much that he's just like you know what I'm just gonna go and see Dr. Sharon (laughs) it's it's got to be a point of a desperation that he runs to the thing that we know that he has been fearing which is just the fact that uh a mental health professional is on site at all she asked him ted what's wrong is everything okay and he says i want to make an appointment and i was just eh. this show has had so many moments that gutted me but this was this was like a really real one like this was god damn like uh this is one of the moments where they really show that the show is a com- is a comedy drama, like they add that drama element into it. And uh, the range that some of these actors have to play is really impressive. Sudeikis like did his thing because I felt feelings like I really did, like looking at his eyes and how sad he was. It was a really impactful moment. Hmm. So Ted's going to finally talk to Dr. Sharon and, and get some help.
1: I'm very glad. I'm very glad of that. He really, I mean, he wouldn't be having this moment, this meltdown, if he had just gone to therapy.
0: Uh, But, you know. I don't know. Maybe it would have helped him before. But I also think it's one of those moments where it's like people can be resistant to getting help. And at least what I've always heard people say is that, like, it's up to them to make that decision. And you don't know, like, what it'll be that will finally um get to get through to somebody and send them down that path. But for somebody like Ted who was resistant to it, it probably had to be like pretty bad to actually send him down that path. so that's why it was so striking to me. so yeah, kind of a bummer way to end the episode, but definitely something where it's a, it's like almost like a cliffhanger, you know, and you want to come back and see what what's up what's up with Ted, what comes next, and does he get help for his panic disorder? I hope he does all right so that's the end of the episode and now we are at our segments this is where we talk about uh, our favorite moment our least favorite moment our favorite character our least favorite character uh, and then we're gonna wrap up with some themes starting with the moment that was life or our favorite moment <laughs> football is life
1: no, 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 no.
0: what's your favorite moment for episode 6 Julia
1: this is a hard one but I really think it's when um... It's just that it's the moment when um, Ted uh, is like, to to Roy, you know you have to coach the whole team, and like, Roy, without missing a goddamn beat, just like goes, no, no, you can cut my pay by 4%. Like, it's just, it's just like the casual way in which he just is like, no. And like, being reasonable about it, you can cut my pay by 4%. I just kind of, it's just this like little toss-off line, and I just like the way it's delivered, and I like the way it's kind of done. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, yeah, that was very cute. What's his math on that? Is it like twenty two players?
1: I don't know hundred
0: divided by twenty two is that four
1: Don't make me do math. Don't make me do math at this time <laughs> of the evening.
0: I was curious about the math on that because i how is it four percent? but I think that's I think that's what it is
1: and madam which which moment gave you life?
0: uh for me, it was the Sam reveal.
1: Oh, uh, I knew. Oh, okay, okay. Revealing
0: Sam as, as London 152. Mm. That was absolutely nuts. Like bonkers, nuts, <laughs> crazy bananas. I it, was, it. it wasn't
1: Colin rapping.
0: Colin rapping gets a. He got an honorable mention in the recap. Come on. He did. Remember um, how much
1: you used to hate Colin? Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? I mean, he was, was kind of low-key bad.
0: Low-key, the only people I've ever met from Wales have been like just dope-ass people. Um, they make some good people over there I'm sure they have turbo ones too I just haven't met them
1: maybe maybe they only let the nice
0: ones leave maybe yeah which is fine keep it that way <laughs> alright so our next segment is be a goldfish or our least favorite moments.
1: you know what the happiest animal on earth is it's a goldfish you know why no got a 10 second memory be a goldfish Sam what do you have? Uh, okay, this is hard. Um, I really think it's any moment involving the mom, like especially when she came home at the end and she saw that note to Sausage and um, like just the quiet kind of devastation on Rebecca's face. Like, oh, and she reads a note and she gets a Tesla and it's like, oh, you know,
0: Disappointment. It's just, Disappointment
1: it's just for like Rebecca. Yeah, like if I kind of felt like Rebecca was going to finally try to get through. You know, she was going to have that difficult conversation and maybe finally try to get through to her mom, and that's just not. That's just uh, not what happened.
0: Um, for me, my least favorite moment was Ted's panic attack, and
1: uh, that that was like that was a hard. I I almost decided on that one too.
0: Yeah, it was just hard. I don't like seeing Ted going through stuff like that. Um, just, it no, it hurts neither. me. Because he's such a... The the reason that that's so good as... I mean, everybody knows the light side of Ted Lasso, right? It's why he's Ted Lasso. It's why he's the focus of a show. It's why people love him. It's why he's funny. It's why he's endearing. Great. But then they give him a dark side that involves mental health. And it's it's hard to see a good person go through that it is and and in, in real life you know people often talk about a helplessness because that's not something that external forces can fix it really takes the person and getting healthcare to work on that a lot of times sometimes it's situational but a lot of times it's just brain chemistry and it's hard to watch as an audience person because you want good things for this good person you know, yeah. Uh, he and Nate are similar in that way; they're both struggling, and you want good things for for good people. So it's hard to watch. And then, as a, a second least favorite, anything with Jane. Just uh, she's uh, gonna
1: be. She's gonna to cut ahead. She is my hot brown mortar. She is. Oh yeah, I hate her.
0: She's terrible. She's the worst. I don't know. P- part of me, you know, if, I guess in in real life, if I. I do know people like Jane, but they're not in my life presently Yeah. and uh, on purpose because I just, I can't, I don't have patience for that anymore. But if I did know a, a person like that, I think I would just kind of look at them and just be like, okay, girl, and then just keep my distance. So I want Beard to get away from her. Um,
1: yeah. I feel like if my friend did something, like if I was like, like if like, like I feel like I would kind of be like, why? If you
0: what, were Jane's what? friend?
1: Yeah. Like, if I had a friend who did that to a guy, or to, like, anyone, I'd just be like, why? What was the point of that?
0: I mean, we know what the point is.
1: I know, I I know, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like, I, I don't know.
0: I don't know that I, it's just, whatever. That's just my way of saying, like, I, I know, like, when I see that, I know what you're doing, and I don't have an interest in getting to the bottom of you or trying to even get you out of it or help you. I just move on, like move around, you know?
1: I, yeah, I can see that. Cause people like that, you might be right. People like that, they have a tendency to come back at you.
0: Well, something's off with her. Yeah. You know, it's da- I read that as danger. Like I get fucking yes, scared. Yes. Yeah. Shit like you're that.
1: right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I think you're right.
0: Um, So our next segment is biscuits, or our favorite character.
1: I brought you a little something. Oh yeah, cookies, (laughs) or as y'all call them here, biscuits. Right. Who do you got? It's actually, it's not Roy this episode.
0: Oh what? It's Jamie. Oh, he tries so
1: hard. He does
0: try so hard. He's trying his best, guys.
1: He's finally being mature. He's not an ugly, ugly boy.
0: He's not ugly. He's he's really very attractive.
1: <laughs> he is. I just, I'm sorry. Like nothing beats when he just pops into like the the room and he's like, he has no pants on. And, and like, they're all kind of like, what? <laughs> it's just funny. It's just, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. What about you?
0: Um. So Roy, he's my favorite. One of my really? favorites. Yeah. I think he, he's my favorite. And then I have an honorable mention. And Who, I give it, it to Colin him for no, um, but it could be. Yeah, I, mean, I fuck with Colin now, but I give it to Roy <laughs> because of his coaching acumen that he brings to the team. He's really good at it. And I want to say that the guy that Roy is based on, like, also retired and became a, a pretty successful coach. I think that's right. Um, okay. And then my honorable mention was to Rebecca's mom for attempting a growth journey, but mostly it's for mentioning Esther Perel and Brene Brown. And she had this great line about Brene Brown and uh, they make up a title. (laughs) She mentions that Brene Brown has a new book coming out called enter the arena, but bring a knife. Um, (laughs) And I thought that this was hilarious uh, as a fake uh, Brene Brown book title because Brene is very much like into like healing and self work and, you know, all of that. Um, but she also has a vibe, like she'll cut you, like if you come in her sideways. So I love that. I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of Brene Brown, but um, <laughs> uh, I do look to her. I, I think she's wonderful. She's really good. Uh, okay, and then our last superlative segment is our least favorite character or hot brown water. You know, I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. <sighs> no, thank you. You said Jane. I'm co-signing that. She's terrible. She's a troll. She nags. She She's gaslights. She's the
1: worst. Yeah she, yeah. she. Yes. Yes. Bullshit.
0: And and that bullshit about having lunch with a model.
1: Yeah, that shit didn't even under, happen. That yeah, didn't
0: happen. It, uh, <laughs> like, girl, that that didn't even happen. She just made that up to fuck with Beard. I don't like it. So that wraps up our superlatives. Did you have any themes this episode? Hmm. Hmm
1: themes growth well i think it's like moving past old grievances would be a theme but like jamie yes. and like beard tries to do it for sure yeah
0: what do you think i described that that particular one as a uh, breaking patterns and so it goes back to the thing that uh rebecca's mom said uh, takes two people to create a pattern, but only one to break it. She's quoting Esther Perel there. Yeah. And so Jamie breaks the pattern between Roy and Jamie by speaking up about not being coached. and um, allows them to move on eventually. Higgins attempts to break the pattern between Jane and Beard. Uh, we see how that conversation between Higgins and Beard went. Yeah. Uh, London 152, a.k.a. Sam, attempts to break the pattern between him and Rebecca of... um anonymity and only talking over text he asked her out essentially but she didn't see it this episode we know that she will eventually see it though um ted breaks the pattern between him and sharon in that he finally stops avoiding her and goes straight to her for help and ends up on her couch at the end of the night so uh definitely that theme of like moving past old grievances breaking patterns um and then i had another one too that's based around the title of the show, so the signal, or looking for evidence that something needs to happen or change, and when that signal is finally picked up by those around around you, and when it's not. Um, so some examples of that, and I had a bunch of these. So um, Roy and Jamie picking up all types of signals from each other. They have this fight about Jamie's playing style, and that ultimately leads to a Richmond win, Um, there's a literal signal that's given to Jamie to cue him from the coaches when to be a prick on the field and get aggressive. And he picks up that signal and does what he's supposed to do. Nate picks up the signal that the team is at risk of losing or ending up in a tie game. And he tells them to play defense uh, or park the bus, which ends up leading to a win. He also picks up several signals throughout the show. That he interprets as slights against him, um, signals from Ted and Roy, which I didn't go into during the recap, but it's kind of little things that are just written on Nate's face throughout the show, um, and signals from the reporter guy, you know, telling him that he isn't good enough, basically, or that he did something wrong. Arguably, everybody picks up the signals that Jane and Beard are bad news. And ultimately, it's Higgins that acts on that signal and actually says something. And then finally, Ted running off the field, uh, having his panic attack, Rebecca sees that signal and picks it up. And um, she's unable to get to him. But, you know, he ends up giving Dr. Sharon at the end the ultimate signal that he's ready to get help by saying that he wants to get an appointment. So this episode was really theme deep, I think.
1: Hmm interesting
0: and that's where i leave it so that wraps up our recap of season two episode six the signal and um this was an enjoyable episode join us next time where we can see how all of this mess plays out until then until next week bye everybody in the meantime we'd love to hear from our listeners follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and send your comments theories and just any general feelings you have about what we covered this week to tvslifepod at gmail.com and we may cover it on an upcoming episode thank y'all for listening until next time take care of your characters and each other